Welcome to Indisputable, it is Adrian Lawrence filling in again for Dr. Ritchie. And once again, just like last week, I'm bringing you the greatness. That is Jackson White, co-founder and executive in chief of Politoscope. And he's a TYT Rebel HQ creator, just like myself, which you've probably seen me on our Rebel HQ channel. And thank you so much for watching today. We have a number of stories for you and I will tell you there's a lot of video footage today and a lot of it is going to be quite disturbing. So prepare yourself. First up, we are in Kansas City. So as we enter the Memorial Day weekend, two Kansas City police officers shot and critically wounded a 26 year old pregnant woman. Now the eyewitness who was there on the scene was able to capture some footage of the shootings aftermath and some Definitely may find this to be graphic. They got her in handcuffs while they shot her, y'all. Why they shot her? They got her in handcuffs while they shot her, y'all. Why they shot her? Why they shot her, y'all? They got her in handcuffs. I've never seen. I'm from I'm from Louisiana. I'm from Arkansas, but I I stopped here to get some gas, y'all, and to get some ice cream for my kids, y'all. And my son just watched this. My one-year-old son just watched this. My ten-year-old son just watched this, and my thirteen-year-old son just watched this happen. The man ran. She was finna cooperate. She got scared. She ran down there. They shot her. One, two, three, four. My son got it on his phone too. They got her in handcuffs while she shot God. I'm a medical assistant, God. That ain't right. I'm a medical assistant, God, it ain't right. My son in the store. That was Leona Hale, that 26 year old victim who was shot by the Kansas City Police Department. Now here is a still of Hale on the ground after being shot and police proceeding to handcuff her. Now this maneuver in particular, given that she's pregnant, it dramatically increased her likelihood of bleeding to death. The thing is, fortunately, the 26 year old is still alive and now is in stable condition. But the state of her unborn child, that seems to still be very unknown. Uh, let's look at how this happened. So as reported by the Kansas City Defender, the Kansas City Police Department alleges the incident was in an attempt to arrest a woman and a man in connection with a suspected stolen vehicle. But eyewitnesses say this narrative does not add up given the woman had her hands up and was also shot an astounding five times. Now, here's a picture of that eyewitness who you heard speaking over the video recording. Um, and she goes by the name of Shadanja. And I'm unsure if this is her everyday look or if she's trying to skew her appearance in some way for safety reasons. But we definitely know that she is a hero in capturing this moment. So per the Casey Defender, Shadanja told the Kansas City Star that she heard officers start yelling, get out of the car to two people who were in a close in a car close to her. A man got out of the vehicle, she says, and jumped a fence and took off. Three of the cops took off after him, she said. Hale, on the other hand, exited the car with her hands up. According to the Kansas City Star's eyewitness account, the cops told Hale to get on the ground, but the woman informed them that she was pregnant. And so she couldn't get down on the ground. Then police asked her to get down multiple times, which she still couldn't. Hale then informed police that there was a gun in the vehicle. Hale began moving back toward the fence of the parking lot. Numerous officers approached and drew their weapons. She did not pull out a weapon on them, Shadanja said. She did not even have a stick in her hand. Hale ran three steps away from officers, Shadanja said, and police shot five times. Wow, that 26 year old pregnant woman shot five times. So when Shadanja's footage, when it went viral this past weekend, the interim Kansas City Police Chief, his name is Joseph Maben, and here's a picture of him. He issued a statement 
Now he said, we never wanna be in these types of situations. Anytime it happens is a blight on our community. We're committed to be 100% transparent. This is a holiday weekend, it's time for friends, not a time for violence. Now as it concerns a follow up, there will be an investigation. The Missouri State Highway Patrol has been tasked with investigating the unarmed shooting of Leona Hale. It's a procedure for such an outside or it's procedure for such an outside agency to investigate police involved shootings, specifically involving the KCPD as an alleged attempt at providing impartiality. But the problem here is that the KC community is already denouncing the decision to let the Missouri State Highway Patrol investigate the matter. Uh, due in part to a recent investigation that a lot of people are calling corrupt and botched. That happened in the last year's shooting of Malcolm Johnson. Now here's a still footage of the encounter with Johnson and KCPD that ended up leading to his death in March of last year once again. Now the highway patrol investigated the shooting, ultimately concluding that Johnson had shot the cop there. But the security footage never shows Johnson ever having a gun. So there seems to be so many questions here, but what we definitely know is that that pregnant woman gave KCPD plenty of notice that she could not lay down on her stomach on the ground because she is pregnant. And yet they insisted and insisted and insisted. And at some point she turned away and they shot her. Jackson. So I think it's important for people to keep in mind how a huge portion of the actions that anybody takes are predetermined. And I say that to say that even though Leona you know, warned the police that she was pregnant multiple times, she let them know that there was a weapon in the vehicle, she was cooperating with them. They kept shouting, get on the ground, get on the ground, even though they heard her say that she couldn't do it. So again, them taking fire on her was in fact something that they expected to do upon arrival because of the picture that they painted in their head. Because at the end of the day, how threatening could any woman be to a whole you know, squad of police or any single individual, man or woman? It's not, it's just that she's a black woman. So there's no consideration taken for her. And so this is why it's so important for people to get very involved in community politics because that's where change can occur. And this is a change that we all wanna see. So. Absolutely, and I don't even know if she was even driving the vehicle that they purport was stolen to begin with. And also if there was any thought that the individual stealing the car were presenting any kind of threat at all. But it just, it mesmerizes me that this pregnant woman who is probably apparently pregnant and says she's pregnant cannot lay down faced first and yet that's not good enough for police. They still want her to jeopardize the life of her child. And she is scared, I'm certain. And having all of these officers' weapons pointed at her, the reality that she may lose her life and the life of her child, it's just, it's absolutely devastating. And as we've seen before, at least once in the instance with KC's Highway Patrol doing, or the Missouri State Highway Patrol doing the investigation, the fact is that there may not be justice done, and it is not okay. And there's also instances of justice not being done out in San Francisco. Because we know that after a week of silence, the San Francisco PD finally released the body cam footage of a fatal officer involved shooting of two men. Now this occurred on May 19th. And so what you're about to see is definitely something that is disturbing. We can sort that out. Listen to me. We cannot solve this. You told me that he attacked you, and I believe you. 
Now those two men there, they've been identified as 57 year old Michael Mifiahan and 49 year old Rafael Mendoza. Now the San Francisco police chief Bill Scott, whose picture is here and other officials, they spoke during a virtual town hall on Friday when presenting this body cam footage. Now when the San Fran Police Department makes it a policy to hold a town hall 10 days after the after a shooting, Chief Scott faced criticism for initially withholding this information. And the four officers involved, however, their information has been put on the streets. They've been identified as Trent Collins, Joshua Dikis, Aiden O'Driscoll and Danielle Rosea. Now Scott stated that it was premature to comment on whether those officers used an appropriate amount of force. But we do definitely have a little bit more context, then we can hopefully make that decision for ourselves. So per CBS San Francisco and the Associated Press, police were dispatched to a San Francisco street under a highway overpass around 8 p.m. after a 911 caller reported that a man who was possibly homeless was violently beating someone underneath a tarp. The caller said the man appeared to have two large sticks or rods the size of baseball bats. When officers arrived, the two men were on the ground struggling and officers realized that there were knives involved. And you can see that here from the screenshots. Mifiahan refused to drop his knife per the officers, prompting an officer to fire foam bullets. Another even used pepper spray and later on they ended up deploying sandbags at these unhoused individuals. Now several other officers repeatedly shouted commands as the officers pointed their weapons at the two men. And after a nine minute struggle, well, Mifihan began stabbing Mendoza, prompting the four other officers to fire their guns. Three fired handguns and one fired a rifle. Now both men ultimately died of gunshot wounds. The public defender's office also happened to criticize the officers for not recognizing Mendoza's lack of English speaking skills until late in the incident. So these officers continued to provide commands in English, yet this individual was not complying or did not understand them clearly. Now earlier this week, the state attorney general's office announced it would investigate the shooting under a new state law that requires the California Department of Justice to investigate police shootings that result in the death of an unarmed civilian. And here is that person in charge, that's Attorney General Rob Bonta. Now his office said in a statement Monday that the department was treating the shooting as eligible for investigation because of the uncertainty of what happened. And there definitely appears to be some uncertainty as in if one of the men was the victim here and was trying to protect himself in some way, why would he end up being dead too? Unless the police weren't looking necessarily to protect him. What do you think, Jackson? Well, the first issue that these two men had and the whole reason that this went down is because they're homeless and society doesn't care about them. So again, the consideration wasn't there for the fact that they could have tased the men or they could have just physically subdued them. There was a whole team of police officers there, all of them grown men. You know, At the end of the day, they just have a couple knives. Everyone else has weapons, so they could have tactfully removed those two men from each other without much problem. I mean, even untrained, like you know, get like three, four guys my size, we could have got them off of each other, and we're not even trained or technically trained. But of course, the police aren't trained well either. So you know, again, this was completely avoidable, and the fact that we saw them shoot so many shots, it's like you know that this just goes to show again predetermined actions. Not necessarily to say that I'm going to kill this person when I get on the scene. But you don't really care if you do, so. Yeah, it definitely seems that there was not really enough thought going into this process of do we really need to 
they because they they what they they used uh, sandbags. Uh, what they use tasers, they seem to use a lot of artillery. But the question is, was it necessary, especially when you get to the point of a firearm being used where they all unloaded their firearms on these two men. One of which it's questionable whether he spoke English and that should have been apparent to the officers after a certain amount of time. It just makes us think that the officers didn't necessarily care about the lives of these individuals, one in particular who they were called to protect. And it doesn't seem to be something that is just unique to the United States, but it is happening abroad as well. And Brazilians right now are taking to the streets in protest. And this uprising was sparked last week when video went viral of Brazilian highway police trapping a mentally ill black man in a police vehicle and gassing him to death. This footage is without a doubt very disturbing. Cara, seu parente tem problema mental, você tem que avisar, cara. Vai matar o cara aí dentro do carro. Vai matar mesmo. Meu Deus do céu, cara. É o cara aí trancado nesse Vai matar o cara ali dentro, mano. Viu com o bagulho ar, cara? Ah, de mesmo. Vai matar o cara, Without a doubt, you saw it with your own eyes. Uh, those officers gassed that man to death. And the voice that you heard behind the camera, what he had said was, Look at that man there. Oh my God, they're killing him inside the car. Now that man that he is talking about was 38 year old Genovaldo de Jesus Santos. There's his picture there. He was pronounced dead at the hospital on Wednesday. And the unarmed man was suffering from schizophrenia when Brazil's federal highway police fatally gassed him on the side of the road. And the autopsy it released on Thursday, it said that Santos died of asphyxiation, but that it could not determine the immediate cause of death. Now Santos's nephew who was on the scene there, his name is Wallace and De Jesus. He told the Washington Post that he saw police throw a tear gas grenade into the car. De Jesus also said this to the Washington Post. We told the police all the time that he had a heart problem. He had mental problems and they continued the torture. Tell everyone to stay away. Brazil's federal police released a statement Thursday that said that they were investigating Santos's death in the city of Umbaba. Uh, in the northeastern state of Sergipe, and forgive me, I butchered those, I'm sure. In a separate statement, the Federal Highway Police also said it would cooperate with investigating authorities and had already suspended the officers involved in the incident. And even in a country that is numbered by rampant police violence and instances of it, the video still sparked horror and outrage across Brazil. Uh, the video has sparked protest in Santos's hometown and calls for justice across Brazil, where police are notorious for warlike raids encouraged by far right Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, um, Bolsonaro, excuse me, as part of his crime fighting agenda. And additionally, because Santos was black, his death also has reignited anger over the police in terms of its historical discrimination and disproportionate use of force against black individuals there. Of course, police provided contrasting accounts of the events. 
what they said here is that the officers claim Santos actively resisted and police as they approached according to a statement released Wednesday and that he fell ill during his transfer to the police station. Nothing about them gassing him. And Santos's wife, who said her husband had been living with schizophrenia for two decades but was never violent. Well, she said that she is struggling as well as the family is as well, as you could imagine. Jackson, does this seem like it's in any way reflective of justice or how a system should operate? Absolutely not, and at the end of the day, this is the price of authoritarianism. And this is the only way that it can truly function within a society is you have to not necessarily just systematically remove people, but keep people afraid of the might that you can bring down on them. And these types of forces are very alive and well in our country. They're alive everywhere because it's really just the uglier sides of human nature that can take control and be focused on order. You know, the, the elements in our society that are taking abortion rights away from women that don't want groups outside of their homogenous clique voting or participating in the democratic process and just you know, that overall group that feels that everything's being taken away from them as the great replacement is marching down the streets. These are the real world threats of these types of movements and policies. So it's not far fetched to say that this type of stuff can happen here and that we need to be vigilant and that we need to stay as involved as possible because again, this is the price that has to be paid. Absolutely, and when we see these far right movements take over, we're seeing tyranny in play. And that's not something that just sits within one particular region, it will cross borders. And what we know here in terms of this situation with this man being murdered, which we saw before our eyes as they gassed him, is that the prosecutor in general's office there, they said that they requested that the federal highway police reinstate classes on human rights. Like that is enough, that is not enough. There needs to be justice and there needs to be an entire overhaul Hall of a system and change. But of course, I'm sure the Brazilian Federal Highway Police could say the same thing about law enforcement here in the United States. As Dr. Ritchie would say, stick and stay. Welcome back to Indisputable. It is Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Ritchie. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you will join us tomorrow because it'll be Wednesday, June 1st, when we kick off our Pride Month with an annual LGBTQ Pride special. You can join me, John Idarola, Margaret Cho, so many people, Jason Carter, Plastic Martyr, River Butcher, the, the list goes on. And we need you to celebrate as we discuss crucial issues and threats facing the community today. And also as part of our Pride special, Shop TYT is donating 100% of the profits to the Trevor Project. So please definitely head down to Shop TYT and check that out. Also, if you've been listening to the Indisputable podcast on Facebook, you need to know that you gotta switch to another platform. That's right, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix. Stay in the know with Indisputable as we are moving away from Facebook when it comes to podcasts. But we are definitely moving closer to you at all times by talking about what you're talking about. And so when we look at the comments here, the KC police, as far as shooting that pregnant woman five times, Night Night said, I find it absolutely ironic that cops have all this smoke for unarmed civilians, but when they actually have to fight someone, that's packing the same type of heat they're shook. Absolutely, isn't that, isn't that absolutely wild? Mickey C the silver haired dragon says if she loses that fetus, then according to the right wing, those cops need to be charged with murder indeed. And I would almost assume that by virtue of the fact that she couldn't lay on her stomach, that 
shucks, uh, it, it might have been entering the quote unquote baby territory. At least we know what that's what the right wing wants to push. So the San Francisco cops, uh, as far as um, shooting the two unhoused men fighting on the street, Marcus George Lamprey says protect by shooting the victim so the attacker can't kill him first. Yeah, seems like a hell of a strategy. And C Madrid 80 says they had to shoot them to stop them from fighting. Brazilian cops gassing the mentally ill man to death. Descendant PM says fascists are the same no matter where you go. Ain't that true? And as far as fiddle of gold, Brazilian police are brutal. They are bad in the US, but there, considering the amount of war and government issues in Brazil, yeah, I'll stick with the US. Well, hey, you said it. But there are some things that are definitely seem to be somewhat unique to the US, and that is Karen's. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're your still friend. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Black lives don't matter at all to me. White lives matter. You've had everything. Free. It is so incredibly wild to me. These people who push these false narratives, this thought that black people get everything for free, you know, all the opportunities, access to colleges, not to pay anything. If somebody could let me know so I don't have to pay for my student loans, that would be spectacular. In fact, I want a refund on all the loans I paid. It's just it's just so incredible how people push these narratives as a way to diminish the actual experience that black people have in our society and and just to allow white supremacy to continue to reign. Jackson. Yeah, well, the entire logic of what this woman was doing is that something's being taken from her and her family and her friends. Otherwise, she wouldn't be out there. You know, just the general advancement of minorities, blacks, Latinos in this country, period is taking away from her. Because in reality, she has nothing to be afraid of and she has no reason to think Black Lives Matter or the want for the advancement of blacks in this country to feel like that's a problem or it's not. It's just that she thinks that everything's being taken from her and life is now harder. It would be easier if it wasn't for all these blacks and all these colored people taking everything away. So that's all it was. Where's the drugs for that? Uh, let me let me find it for you. Just you You're gonna help her. You're gonna help this woman who is yelling racial slurs in your store. I'm a customer just like you, bitch. Mind your own business, what you say. Yeah, you need to mind your own concerns. Not what are you gonna do about this, sir? Make her leave. That's what you need to do. She's harassing me. I was just a customer. All I said was the lady need to go back to Mexico. I don't need all this. You know, two people can play the video thing. Video thing is so, so stupid and immature. That's immature.
That was in Target and according to the on-screen text, well, the Karen and her husband, they had been going up and down the aisles in the store yelling at a Target employee to go back to Mexico. And of course, using a five letter word that I'm not gonna repeat, but starts with a B and ends with an itch. And it clearly shows that this individual is trying to spout some low key racist ethnocentric nonsense in Target. And we also saw that the Target team member was made aware of this. Let's see how that manager continues to help the Karen as opposed to maybe doing what should be right, which is sending her out of the store. Is it in the laundry garden section? Uh, it should be, let me uh, look it up on my phone. Uh, I'm confused about why you're I letting her yell, go back to Mexico at I your employees you and you're here me. to help her find the bird seed and not to remove her from the store. Because you have an employee that can't speak English. And I made a comment for her to go back to Mexico and she can't speak English. This is America, uh, we speak uh, English. There is no racial slur in that. We speak English in America. Um, I'm gonna assist this guest in finding some I can't speech. speak Spanish, um, I'm not going to Mexico. Over here. Sure. All right, thank you. And they don't need to come here if they can't Why speak English. Wow, wow. First of all, I definitely commend the shopper for intervening and speaking up on behalf of the target employee who likely felt that the customer is always right, that she couldn't push back or say something, maybe for fear of jeopardizing her job. And so for this individual to intervene and confront this woman as well as the manager, my hat is off to her. We need more allies and accomplices like that. As far as the manager goes, oh, trash on trash. The moment you heard that woman essentially engage in that harassing racist behavior should have been the moment you told her to wheel herself out the door and to go find another institution to patronize because it is completely and totally unacceptable. And the manager was doing nothing to address it. This is a problem and it is completely unacceptable. And it is very, very unfortunate as well that Target has not addressed this situation, Jackson. Yeah, well, first let's point out the fact that she said that the other people who were recording her were being immature, but she can't handle another language being spoken. You know, riding around in her cart like, don't be coming in my damn target speaking your Mexican jibber jabber. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people like this always kill me because it's like, you know, you know, we speak English here. Like, a lot of languages are spoken here. I speak Spanish, so and I was born and raised in this country. In no way am I a Latino, but I speak two languages. So it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And also point out the fact that you know she assumes all oh, they're Mexican. There's 26, I believe, Spanish-speaking countries in the world, and these people they could have come from Central America, they could have come from South America. You know, a lot of these people have the same ethnic backgrounds and look similar. So from A to Z, she's an idiot and people like her are stupid. And of course, the manager should have just thrown her out of the store. Absolutely, and she is an idiot because the United States doesn't have an official language for a reason. And just you know, these people showing their ignorance and showcasing it. And then the manager, again, doing nothing. This was the ideal situation where you could have used your power and not only just done what was right, but also back up your employees and show some support. It really, you know what, the fact that Target hasn't said anything about this and maybe put that manager out or maybe reinforce what protocol needs to be. It just, it really speaks to the fact that racism is allowed in corporate America. Things are not being said that need to be said. And 
that is just not okay and it continues to exist because it's not being confronted and addressed and people aren't standing up for what they need to be standing up for. Very disappointed in Target and in that manager and I hope that there is some change done because it's just not acceptable. The grand wizard of Karens, um, that would be Donald Trump. He's right now throwing a fit over a Fulton County special grand jury because Trump spent his holiday. Well, what he did is he lashed out at District Attorney Fannie Willis, who is gonna be calling some high profile witnesses this week in her investigation of Trump's 2020 phone call to Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, urging him to find extra votes. Here's Trump's rant on True Social from this past weekend. He said, the young ambitious radical left Democrat prosecutor, unquotes of course, from Georgia, who's presiding over one of the most crime ridden and corrupt places in the US, Fulton County, has put together a grand jury to investigate an absolutely perfect phone call to the Secretary of State. Many lawyers from both sides were, were knowingly on the call. I also assumed it was taped. I called to fight a rigged stolen election and they go after me instead of the people that rigged and stole it. God bless America. It's so interesting. I love how he says there were lawyers on the call as though uh, having your lawyers present doesn't mean you might be committing crimes. Um, you know, one of his lawyers in particular, I remember, I believe, ended up in handcuffs, but mm, uh, I'll move forward. Uh, because it definitely seems that Trump has a few reasons to go full Karen and be all upset in this moment. And one of those reasons would definitely be that Raffensperger, uh, who publicly denied Trump's claim that the Georgia election was stolen from him. Well, Raffensperger just handedly beat Trump's backed candidate to the surprise of many. This is what the Huffington Post said. Trump. Trump endorsed US Rep Jody Heiss, who got 33% of the vote compared with Raffensperger's 52%. Now Raffensperger's upset win may be linked in part to Democratic crossover votes. His victory was the one that surprised Trump the most, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And also according to an AP analysis, we know a little bit more about these crossover votes and that they were pretty aggressive out in Georgia. At least some 37,000 Democrats showed up for the Republican primary just so that they could elevate Raffensperger over Trump's candidate for potential Georgia Secretary of State. This is wild. So this crossover voting, also known as strategic voting, is not exclusive to Georgia. This primary season as voters across the political spectrum work to stop Trump backed extremists from winning control of state and federal governments. The phenomenon is playing out in multiple primary contests, sometimes organically and sometimes in response to a coordinated effort by Trump's opponents. That's right, people are rallying to fight back against Trump, even if they're not in that particular political party. Also Trump definitely seemed to be terrified because Raffensperger is set to testify tomorrow before that special grand jury that Fannie Willis is putting together. The Secretary of State is slated to be a lead witness in this investigation. And on the table is whether Trump's attempt to interfere with Georgia's election amounted to racketeering. So what we've seen so far is that Willis's investigation appears to now represent the biggest single legal threat to Trump. Given that there have been no clear signs that prosecutors at the US Department of Justice or the New York District Attorney's Office are actively preparing to bring criminal charges against a former president. I think that that would speak why he is focused on Fannie Willis and Fulton County right now. What do you think, Jackson? Well, whenever Trump is screaming the loudest is when he's worried about something. And 
you know, from everything that I've seen from him, I think one of the biggest things that he's concerned about is his uh, legacy on paper, the way that history is going to remember him once the lights, once the lights get turned on in the club and everybody sees what's up. You know what I'm saying? Once it's time for everybody to leave and you see what's up, Trump's worried about what's going to be on paper and how people are going to remember him. Because at the end of the day, Trump fumbled and stumbled his way into the presidency. He didn't really want it, want the job. He just wanted it for the clout. And because it was right place, right time, he happened to get in there. So he's really kind of a historical phenomenon, not a good one. But you know, I think that this, you know, he was on phone saying, just just find me eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes. So there's definitely a lot of meat here. This isn't a nothing burger and he knows it. No, exactly. And the thing I like about Fannie Willis is that she's going even beyond that phone call and looking for more, you know, because she really wants to lock in her case and ensure that there is something that she can hold on him. Because, of course, if you're going to go after a former president, it's, you know, hey, that, that's something I don't think a lot of people have done out in these legal streets. And so you want to make sure your case is airtight. And so I definitely commend her for taking all of these steps that are necessary because. He's breaking the law and we all know that we saw it, we heard it. And that's something that Trump is probably used to doing very much in the private sector. But when you are gambling with American votes and American lives and as well as our democracy, there needs to be accountability. And so it would be great to see actual accountability. But then again, this is the United States and accountability is only had for those of us of a certain melanin count or gender. So much could be said, but we will say it a little bit later after we return back. Stick and stay as they say. Welcome back to Indisputable. It is Adrian Lawrence and I'm filling in for Dr. Ritchie. And I'd love to hear from you all as always. So first of all, we heard from racist Karen goes off on protesters while agnostic sister said would have been a shame for her to trip and fall on her stupid face. <laughs> that would have been something to see. This one for May Money's, May Money into building, excuse me, says that lady could benefit from a free education. Absolutely, without question. Lynn says, so you're saying you're a white supremacist? LOL, yeah, for real. I don't know if she knows what that means. For the jury hearing testimony against Trump and Trump's upset. Well, Albert Lopez says, I hope 2016 to 2020 is omitted form from the history books altogether or categorized as the dark ages of America. For real, we are definitely at a peak place right now. Airships Right says his racism isn't even top shelf when talking about Trump. Yep, that also sounds to be quite accurate and unfortunate. All right, so there is a council member who really laid it out on the table during a meeting that ended in an abrupt termination of their city manager. Check out this video. I heard the information last Thursday and I was quite alarmed at a time in our nation where women are mis misrepresented, underrepresented, not represented, mistreated. This is egregious for this male dominant council to make this decision today. I spoke with Woodard and I spoke with Battle and I asked them, had you heard this information? And they did not. They said they did not. But Mr. Battle told me I won't go for it. She's been a great city manager. I'm not going to put her down. But you sat here and you lied in my face. She has looked aside to some of the votes that you have tried to have people pay you all to for votes that she looked aside that she could have reported. <laughs> she got a lot on this council and that's why they want to get rid of her. 
and I hope that y'all seeing what's happening, Hold on. and I hope you make your decision when when November comes. Council, I'm pissed as a yeah, I was saying. I'm mad as a Hold on, Council. I am Council because one. I know what's been going on. I know somebody came to my office and asked me to deal with this stuff because they've been asked to be paid Let's $3,000 to I'm, I'm get gonna their vote this on some right stuff. Now. I'm, I'm sick of it. We're going to recess the meeting right now. I'm sick of it. Ooh, it has been said. That's right. That was council member Lisa Lucas Burke. And this is a picture here. She's on the left. And she was standing up for city manager April Jones, whom she believed was fired because of the amount of dirt Jones had on the council. Yes, they had a lot going on there in Virginia, but she had no problem in standing up for her colleague. Now the vice mayor, that's DeAndre A. Barnes, he's on the left here, and Councilman Paul J. Battle were among the four who voted in favor of removing Jones. Now this is all despite Mayor Shannon Glover voting to support Jones. And Barnes claims that Jones didn't do enough to tackle crime in Portsmouth. Now after the video went viral, Lucas Burke posted this tweet. She said, I've been told I owe an apology for the language I used this week. I agree, I apologize for not saying it sooner. That's right, she went ahead and doubled down. She did nothing wrong in standing up for her colleague and ensuring that they're doing what they should be doing, which is representing their constituents and not playing politics. I really felt the fire in that, you Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely the type of leadership that's the most powerful and that's the type of leadership that we need, especially as we need push forth policies just make society a bit more equal in terms of that access to opportunity that we have. But also I want to point out that this is the type of stuff that happens in government and business all over the place and it often goes overlooked because people aren't necessarily involved in community politics. But people will sit in the city council seats often for decades going unopposed and they end up you know, having power and influence to where they can kind of get rid of people like this. So it's good that we're able to see this viral video to bring attention to this situation. However, this type of stuff happens all the time. And it's why it's important for us to be as involved as we can in our community so that we can hold these people to account. Absolutely, having this video taped and also have the option with social media of it going viral, it's changing the game in terms of accountability and ensuring that citizens, constituents know what is going on. Because as you know, there's there are things that we need to keep our fingers on the pulse of. We need to be following every day and to be involved in. And local governments and how they operate is definitely one of those. Also, one of the things we should be keeping our pulse on is mass shootings and the problems we're having with young people having access to guns. There's a fifth grade student in Florida who was just arrested over the weekend and charged with sending a text message threatening to carry out a mass shooting. This right here is just, it's so incredibly unfortunate. It happened at this Patriot Elementary School. Now when the messages were discovered, school officials immediately notified the police and they started investigating. The 10 year old boy was interviewed and charged later with making a written threat to conduct a mass shooting. And that's what led police into uh, that led him into the police vehicle. Now authorities are right to be alarmed. You know, since the mass shooting at Uvalde, Texas, what we've seen is that at least 15 mass shootings have taken place across the United States since last Tuesday, from California to Arizona to Tennessee. This Memorial Day weekend alone, spanning Saturday, Sunday, and the federal holiday on Monday, there have been at least 12 mass shootings. That's per the Washington Post. What more they said is that the Gun Violence Archive, that's a nonprofit research organization, defines a mass shooting as one 
in which four or more people are shot or killed, not including the shooter. Several of those shootings occurred at parties and one at a Memorial Day event. At least eight people have been killed and 55 injured in the mass shooting over the holiday weekend, according to GVA and local news sources. Since the Uvalde shooting last Tuesday, at least 11 people have been killed, 67 injured in mass shootings. This tells you a lot about our nation and our gun problem and the fact that we're not getting any change. Now here's some details on some of those shootings over the weekend. So on Saturday evening, six teens were injured by gunfire in Chattanooga, Tennessee and what Mayor Tim Kelly said was probably an altercation between other teenagers. The victims who were between the ages of 13 and 15 were transported to the hospital to have life threatening injuries according to the Chattanooga Police Department. Sunday. It was at least another five mass shootings, including one at a Memorial Day festival in Taft, Oklahoma. Authorities said one person was killed, seven people were injured, including a minor. The Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation said a suspect turned himself in and was in custody. Friday afternoon, Michigan officers in Mecosta County found three children under the age of 10 and a woman dead of apparent gunshot wounds when they responded to a report of a man with a gun and shots fired at a private residence. They also found a man with a gunshot wound to the head who was taken to a hospital. Relatives told a local news outlet that the children were siblings and were three, four and six years old and that the woman was their mother. When will this stop? And it's not gonna stop anytime soon, I can guarantee it unless legislature or lawmakers do something. Because as much as these firearms seem to fill the coffers of gun manufacturers and the NRA, they aren't doing anything but putting us in coffins. Jackson. And the unfortunate thing is that mass shootings happen so much in this country and that they've been happening so often for so long that it's easy for the public attention to shift to other things because we're also dealing with so many other issues. So the fact that mass shootings happen so much is actually some of what allows gun manufacturers to keep making their money because it's overwhelming for people. Until the shootings happened in Buffalo, public attention to mass shootings really was lower than it had been because again, we were focused on abortion rights and all those other issues dealing with the Biden administration. And the fact that a 10 year old had to be arrested and charged just really goes to show the shame that our law enforcement all over the country has to be ready and prepared for these types of things at all times. So exactly like you said, until legislation is passed, this is gonna be an issue that can't be stopped. Yes, and of course, there are so many out there who are on the far right, who are in the GOP, who are just problematic from head to toe out here spouting that, you know, that this is a problem and a result of everything but guns. Check this out. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. How is it that a young man using a weapon for the first time, he'd only obtained these AR 15s about a week ago? Not enough time to train to become proficient in it. But we've seen this repeatedly in a number of mass shooting events Nicholas Cruz, Cho Sung Hui. How is it possible that these young men are so accurate with their fire? So how is it these young men were so accurate? It doesn't make any sense. Conspiracy theorists will say it's because they were trained. This was a black op. This was a false flag. No, I, I think the instructor in that course was 
was correct. The children, the teachers, law enforcement in Uvalde, Texas, encountered a demon Tuesday. One who's done this before. Yeah, demons, really. And also, it's not like we're doing some kind of crazy equations or putting together some kind of nuclear weapon. It's it's a gun, you know, there's a trigger to it. It's it's not rocket science, and that's also part of the problem. Not uh, not just because they're accessible, but they seem pretty easy to operate. I'd also like to think there are probably a few YouTube tutorials on it. Let's not pretend that we need some kind of a creature or spirit or demon to come down to instruct this young man on how to use a firearm, Jackson. Yeah, well, first and foremost, let's point out the fact that the latest shooting in a wild day, he was in a classroom, so he was in very close quarters. So his whole argument was, stupid on that front. And then also, you know, for him to say, he mentions conspiracy theorists will talk about their train and some type of plot. So then he floats to an even crazier conspiracy. No, it's just demons. It's which again, what are we even gonna do about that? If it was if they were being trained in some type of conspiracy, at least we can do something about that. But if we're talking about the supernatural, I mean, we've been given thoughts and prayers for years and years and they don't seem to be doing anything. So it was just really a, a completely useless take. However, one that is believed by many people in this country who vote regularly. Yes, and I also vote red. Um, but you know, there's so many useless takes out there in terms of what is the cause behind the mass shooting. But it's so interesting because none of these takes really seem to factor in what firearms. Watch this. You know, this is not something new. We've had this problem for a long time. In fact, the Boston Massacre. During the Revolutionary War period was a mass shooting. So this is not a, an, an unusual thing. And if, if she had a gun in her, in her purse and they were shooting up Walmart and she was there and she had the gun, she could stop that guy. You want to talk about how we could have prevented the horror that played out across the street? Look, the killer entered here the same way the killer entered in Santa Fe, through a back door, an unlocked back door. They built their entire lives around their social media platforms and how can I be famous? And they don't care how you become famous over social media. If it's the slaughter of other human beings or if it's shaking your rear end nakedly on an OnlyFans account. Kids are exposed to all kinds of horrible stuff nowadays too. I look back and I think about the, you know, the horrible stuff that they hear when they listen to rap music, the video games that they watch from a really early age with all of this horrible violence and stuff. And lockdowns dramatically increase the incidence of mental illness among young people. And in 10 days, we've seen two mass shootings by mentally ill young people. Could there be a connection? Now that's not finger pointing, it's not to blame Fauci for yesterday's shooting. We're not that low, we're not Joe Biden. Yeah, well, I would I would definitely argue that they are far lower. They are definitely in demon territory. Because the fact is, is that firearms are the reason we're having these mass shootings, access to them, as well as, you know, hey, we have a society that is indoctrinating a lot of young white men in this thought that the things to which they think they're entitled to are being withheld from them and thus they are acting out. We have to address white supremacy and we have to address this gun violence situation before we're ever going to get out ahead of that. Until then, we're gonna continue to bury the bodies of children who deserved a chance at life. Jackson. Well, you know, for them to, you know, blame social media and the media in mass, in the first place, it's like, okay, well then that suggests that the solution is to ban people from social media. 
But at the end of the day, there's so much content. Oh, and like he said, you know, shaking their butts nakedly, like he doesn't spend a lot of time looking at that. But in it, but outside of that, it's just, you know, there's a lot of other content that comes through social media. People learn how to cook on social media. People learn how to do business and uh, conduct trades of all kinds. So that argument in and of itself is ridiculous and also goes against their inherent belief of, you know, small government. So it's just everything but the guns, everything but the guns. That's that's all it ever is. Yes, you're absolutely right. Everything but the guns. I wonder at what point will lawmakers actually wake up and decide to be leaders in our country because it's not happening anytime soon. And all of us in law definitely know that the Second Amendment has been distorted and manipulated and lied to fit the narrative that allows the NRA to continue to fund our legislature. But at the same time, when are we going to actually step in and do something? Because our future is hinging on our ability to do something about the access to guns, these firearms, these war war weaponry that people have in their homes for no damn good reason. Uh, you know, it, it gets it gets old, but hopefully someday there will be a new day and things will change. Until then, uh, people can watch you wear Jackson. You can catch me on Rebel HQ. I drop videos Monday through Friday, reaction videos talking about policy, all types of stuff. And you can follow me on Twitter at SlimFitChacho. I share a lot of just links and important things that you should stay up to date with. So it's definitely been good being on here with you again. Looking forward to next time. Yes, I am looking forward to it as well. And hopefully we won't have so many heavy stories. It just seems right. like everything is just ugh. Ugh, ugh. Yeah. But I will be on Rebel HQ. You can check out my segment Overruled. Also, I'll catch you here probably weekly. And in the meantime, you will hopefully have Dr. Ritchie back tomorrow. If not, could be me. But I want to thank you so much for watching and please stick with us as there will be a replay of the bullpen that you will enjoy, I assure you. Once again, thanks for watching. And as Dr. Ritchie says, stick and stay. <laughs>